It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski. With me to my left is Greg Boyson, Mario Tirabasi, still at the CHGO quarantine chambers in his home. He's hanging out. He is very frustrated. We've got a big show for you today. Today, as we speak, is the NHL Draft Lottery. We'll find out if the Hawks get a number one overall or number two overall pick. Otherwise, that goes to Columbus. We will react in real time. First up, though, we're going to bring in a special guest with Barry Trotz being on the market as a head coach. Hawks fans and hockey fans all over the place are wondering, what happened? This is one of the most respected coaches in the league, and all of a sudden he's fired. We welcome James Nichols to the show. You can follow him on Twitter at James Nichols NYI. He is the Islanders correspondent for the fourth period and the fan-sided Eyes on Isles. He's also the editor-in-chief at Isles Fix. That's it. You're a busy man, James. Thanks for taking some time out to uh, discuss Barry Trotz, uh, my brother in no nectum. <laughs> Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> so I think the first question everybody has is, what went wrong? And, and as you looked through you know, Islanders' Twitter yesterday, most people seem very shocked. So so what, what have we learned in the last 24 hours about the firing of Barry Trotz. Yeah, it was definitely uh, something that a lot of us weren't expecting. Um, whether we should have or not is another conversation. Uh, but, you know, you, you kind of got the sense that after this season uh, concluded for the Islanders, that the general belief was that this season was an, an anomaly. You know, looking at the way uh, the year started, the 13-game road trip, all the COVID cases that, that had them uh, missing a majority of their roster for an extended period of time, some major injuries, um, so there, there were a number of reasons why the season did go the way it went. Um, but ultimately, it, it sounded like when it came down to it uh, at exit interviews and not just the ones in public, but behind closed doors and, and uh, one on one conversations with Lou Lamorello and his roster. It really sounds like it boiled down to when Lamorello asked, what do you guys think went wrong this year? Um, you know, it's not that the players turned around and said it was Barry Trotz's fault, but maybe um, you know, the system and, and the deployment of players and, and uh, you know, the, the grinding style that they have to bring every night uh, came up in conversation. And ultimately, Lamorello decided that, uh, that it was uh, Barry Trotz's issue and that he had probably lost the room at this point. And uh, they decided it was time to find a new voice. And uh, that is to be determined. Yeah, that's definitely been the rumblings you hear when something like this, you know, We've seen it. He's got a particular style. 
He's a grindy kind of coach. We had it here in Chicago for years with Joe Quinville. Uh, you know, he, he's got high standards of what he expects at all times. And when you don't fit those high standards, he's going to get on your case. And when you're winning, you're okay with that. But the second yeah. you stop winning, all of a sudden that grinds on you a little more and you don't want to hear it as much. Is that kind of what we think happened here? Yeah, and, you know, at the trade deadline, too, when uh, Lamorello had really put everyone on check, we had all really sat there and thought to ourselves, okay, the, the roster is, is is put on check, everybody's on notice, and and he's going to make some moves this offseason. Uh, it's either sh- uh, shape up or ship out. No one really thought that that also included Barry Trotz. Um, sure enough, it did. Uh, he, he didn't, I guess, love the style of, of coaching that he played with down the line and, and uh, had behind the bench. Um, towards the end of the season. Um, you know, the, the, the thing is with Barry Trotz is he, he's very demanding of his players, which, and so is the organization in Lamorello, but every night, you know, to play the, that particular system, it really is a, 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 an every night effort. And there's really no, um, there, there's no room for error. So, um, yeah, it, 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 was a, it was a shock when it happened. Um, but then, you know, zooming the lens out a little bit, you, you look at Lou Lamorello's history and three times in his career has he fired a coach and that, and the, the result of that firing was uh, the following year, you know, they, they, or, or that same year, you know, just a couple of weeks later after firing a coach being in first place uh, with, with the New Jersey devils back in the day, he, he lifted a Stanley cup. So you can criticize the move all you want and, and you might not like it. And that's, that's okay. Um, but when, you know, Lou Lamorello's history looks the way it does, you can also say to yourself, maybe, maybe this was the, the right move. It's to be determined right now. It's, it's a little early to, to judge, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how this works out. Well, you look at the, the Islanders roster and you look at some of the guys that they have that are getting older and have a lot of term left. I mean, is, is, there, is there a sense that the team needs to kind of shift a lot of, a lot of things on the roster potentially get uh you know get younger and maybe trots is not the kind of coach that can be on a team that needs to get younger like is that is that kind of an is that maybe an issue that led to lamorello maybe thinking hey this this isn't the voice that we need to have in the locker room as we go through these roster changes uh yeah i mean you saw with guys like oliver walsham and Kiefer bellows uh the the younger guys on the team that barry trotz was definitely hesitant to play them um whether that was a disconnect between lamorello's uh wants and barry trotz's needs is is another conversation we'll never know too because it is lou lamorello um but you know that was definitely a concern with uh at at least some some of the the media members and and the questions we we would ask on, on multiple occasions you would hear you know, I could probably count on, on two hands how many times we've, we've asked about Oliver Walshman and why he wasn't being deployed more. Uh, so th- there, there's definitely um, reason to believe the uh, younger players not getting as much time was part of part of the issue because let's face it, the NHL is becoming a younger and faster league, and the Islanders do uh, hold you know, a number of older players. Um, you know. They, they, I don't know that Zdeno Chara and Andy Green are going to return, but those are two of the oldest guys in the in the entire league. So, um, when you're deploying them, and, and Zdeno Chara is getting like 20 minutes a night, um, you know that's that's going to hurt you in this, in today's NHL because they can't keep up with the pace. So, um, as far as shakeups, yeah, I mean, you know, when when you see someone like Barry Trotz get fired, you can only assume that's going to be the first of of a, of a few major changes. Um, but I don't know how much they can actually reconstruct this roster because 
you know, only a few guys need contracts. One major contract is going to go to uh, Noah Dobson. They'll have a little bit of money and play uh, uh, room to play with in, in the uh, free agency uh, after that. And then, you know, you have some minor contracts like uh, Kiefer Bellows. And if they decide to bring Sebastian Ajo, the, the New York Islanders version, uh, back for another season. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the and then the core guys, too, are, are locked into contracts. So there there will be some shakeups. And in my opinion, there'll be one or two major ones. Um, but how much can you really play with this roster that's locked into uh, some long-term deals? What was Trotz like to deal with um, as a media member? Um, I don't know if you spend time in a locker room or not, but I'm sure just covering the team, you get to see how he re- interacts with the media, interacts with uh, the press. What What is your experience, man? What have you seen from him in, in, in those terms? Yeah, I've only, I only got to speak to him uh, a, a handful of times, but uh, he's just the, uh, he, he's, the nicest guy, you know, and, and it was one of those things that when I had heard that he was he was fired, um, it hurt it hurt me as, as a as a person knowing how how uh, personable he is. He was always willing to, uh, you know, even on his worst nights, give you give you his full attention. He was always giving you uh, some some really great quotes to work with. He was always thorough, um, and there's not a bad thing you could say about him uh, as both a coach and a person. Having spent some time covering uh, Barry Trotz. Obviously, everybody's going to try and guess what his next move is here. If he decides to jump right back behind an NHL bench, I don't see why he wouldn't. He's going to have his pick. I, I think every, I think you can make an argument he can slide into any and every NHL bench mm-hmm. right now and, and be yeah. fine. Of course, Blackhawk fans see a name like that, and they're like, wow, that would be a great coach. Might not be the best coach for this upcoming rebuild. So if you had to pick the brain of Barry Trotz, would he even be interested in coming to the Chicago Blackhawks at, at the start of a rebuild? Would it be the allure of rebuilding original six? Or is he just, he wants to go somewhere like Detroit or maybe Vegas if they want to make a move, a place that's built the, more to win now? Uh, it, it's an interesting question. I, I don't know, and, and I hope you'll invite me back on the show after I say this, but I don't know that uh, the, the Chicago Blackhawks are a destination for trots because like you said, they, they will be going through a rebuild. Um, and is he going to want to have to endure that and, and work with that rebuild? Um, you know, at the end of the season, he he did comment on the fact that, you know, he had a lot to deal with at home. Um, you know, his his mother just tragically passed away uh, the, during the season this year. And he has an elderly father at home uh, in Manitoba to care for. So um, it almost seems like there's a there's an easy marriage out in Winnipeg for him if he if he wants to go home and be close to home and take care of his family uh, while also still being able to work. Um, and then if, if that doesn't work out, there's also a job in Philadelphia where he doesn't have to pack up too much of, of, of his stuff from Long Island and move it halfway across the country or, or, or to another country. So um, I, I see maybe him staying within the Metropolitan Division, um, possibly with Philadelphia, but but likely in, in my mind it could be uh winnipeg the other the other thing i think of too is that if the golden knights decide to move on from pete DeBoer, uh that could be a, another team that he wants to go to because they're probably closer to contending than than either winnipeg or uh uh philadelphia again yeah, that would be the total vegas move to fire yeah. Pete DeBoer and get Barry Trotz because yeah. they can't afford to fire they go out and get the big free agent this summer like they're used to so let's make the big splash behind the bench. Yeah, it could be. What do you make of the the possibility that maybe he's he's thinking of transitioning to a, a management position rather than continuing to be 
a head coach, especially considering, you know, if there's, if there's things outside of hockey that he has to consider, maybe, um, you know, what do you make of the, the possibility that he moves into a position where he's not necessarily um, tasked with having to, to lead a team behind the bench for 82 games a year? Uh, yeah, I, I think that that would work well for him too, because uh, you, you look at his resume and you look at what he's done in this league. He's he's pretty much done it all. You know, he's he's won his cups. He's third all time in wins. Um, at this point, if he wants to move into management, he probably knows what it takes to uh, you know help construct a team and and, and uh, not just you know a, a roster on the ice, but off the ice as well. How to build a culture. Um, you know, if he's looking to become a general manager of a team. I could see him taking the, the pieces that he learned from Lou Lamborello and, and uh, whoever else he worked under in, in Nashville and in Washington and really, you know, turn himself into uh, an, an all around really great general manager. Um, listen, players love to play for him. Uh, you know, us as media members, we, we love to talk to him. There's really no one that you can talk to around the NHL that says to you know anybody that they don't like Barry Trotz. So he's well liked. Uh, he's he's got the, the hockey IQ of a genius and and uh, there's just so much that uh, there, there's so many chemicals that you can combine with Barry Trotz that could turn, turn out to be a, an excellent general manager in my mind. James, you mentioned his desire to take care of some things at home. I wonder if something like a media role, a part-time studio analyst, something like that might interest him <laughs> in the short term. Yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me either because, you know, if he's looking not to uh, maybe go back to work full-time, like you said, a part-time position would be good too. Um, you know, I know I know guys like Rick Tockett and, and John Tortorella are enjoying their time on, on uh, the, the analyst panels. And, and you know, if, if he's not looking to give himself too much of a heavy workload, not, you know, maybe he doesn't want to travel, you know, he can take some time now to, to work things out for, for the next year or two um, and just maybe get into a different state of mind. You know, when you – when you think about the past few years, he's been through a ton of COVID protocol with, with the NHL, right? He was in the bubble um, where he couldn't travel. And then there were a ton of restrictions and, and protocols he had to go through to travel when those those uh, protocols were lifted. And uh, just, you know, they went deep into the postseason two, uh, two consecutive years. They've barely had a summer off. So it, it might be some something that he thinks about uh, instead of getting right back into coaching. Uh, maybe taking a job where he only has to work part-time and he can say, take some time for himself. That's great stuff, James. We appreciate you joining us, man. I know you're going to go enjoy the draft lottery uh, yeah. and probably more excitingly, a big night of playoff hockey. Follow James on Twitter at James Nichols NYI. He is all over the Islanders, man. We appreciate your time. And if uh, we can help you out on your end, please let us know. We're happy to happy to jump on if Maybe the Islanders bring back Kelvin DeHaan and you want to talk about the last few years of Kelvin DeHaan because the Isles aren't old enough. <laughs> or injured enough. Yeah. Or injured enough. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's the bill. Yeah. James, thanks a lot, man. It, we appreciate thanks. it. Thanks That's James Nichols. Thanks, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. That was great. Uh, good insight. Just kind of the more we talk, it feels very unlikely that he's A, would even want to come to a situation like this. And really, Greg, you and I were talking before the show. He doesn't really fit the mold of what Kyle Davidson's looking for. And when we wrote about it on allchgo.com yesterday, I sort of mentioned, like, yeah, of course it's an intriguing prospect, but I don't want Kyle Davidson to be, you know, um, caught up in the moment of, oh, my God, this great coach is available, and while he doesn't really typically fit what I want to do, he's just such a big name. I want Davidson to stick to his plan. Maybe that plan is Barry Trotz. I don't know. 
but I want him to just follow through and do what he was planning on doing anyway. And I don't think he should veer from that plan just to bring in a big name. Right. And we know what his plan is. He told us at the end of the season press conference at the United Center last week, he said he wants the Chicago Blackhawks to play up-tempo style of hockey. Barry Trotz, an up-tempo hockey should never be mentioned in the same <laughs> sentence yes. ever. He likes to slow the yeah, he likes to slow the game down. That's the exact opposite style. I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong, but Barry Trotz does not play that type of hockey that uh, Kyle Davidson's looking for. So I don't think he fits what Davidson's looking for. Yes, he's a great coach. He's an intriguing guy. Definitely would make the Blackhawks a much better defensive yeah. team. Sure. A more accountable team, I think. But it's not what Kyle Davidson is, is, is looking for, and I 100% agree with you, Jay. Stick to your vision. Stick to your plan. You know, had Stan Bowman, I'm sorry, he who shall not be named, <laughs> was still in charge. He probably would have had a press conference yesterday at 2 p.m. introducing him as the new coach right. because we're here to win, damn it. Uh, so, yeah, I love Barry Trotz. I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's a great coach. I would love to see him behind the Blackhawks bench at some point. Just not, it's not going to be now. Right. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it with the Blackhawks being in a coaching search and then you hear the news of, oh, Barry Trotz has been fired. It's just like, oh, okay, well, you know, Chicago should be on the phone with him. And they should. But I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to entice him at this point in his career to be, you know, bringing along a bunch of kids, you know, talking with James. He's saying, yeah, they weren't playing Oliver Wallstrom and Kiefer Bellows. Like, okay, we've heard that before where a coach won't play young players. So why do we want to, why do we want to do that when the plan is to rebuild? So, yeah, I mean, Trotz brings his resume. He brings a, a successful style of hockey, but it's not what Kyle Davidson wants to do. And I don't think it's what Barry Trotz wants to do as a, as a head coach is be, you know, leading a, a young team and a team that's probably going to lose a lot. I like the idea of why not bring him in? Why not pick his brain like you did with the GM search, right? Bring people, just pick as many brains as you can. They brought in Peter Chiarelli. We all knew they weren't going to hire him, but, hey, talk to someone with a ton of experience. Pick the brain of, oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Blackhawks, number six. Number so the Blue Jackets, number six. We do not have to, Blackhawks will not be getting the first or second pick. So Columbus gets the sixth pick along with Adam Boquist, Cole Sillinger. They also have the 12th pick this year now. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be kind of, if they hit, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to declare them they're good because they got a bunch of early first round draft picks. If that was the case, the Arizona Coyotes would be a dynasty right now. But they're <laughs> definitely setting, they're doing what the Blackhawks need to do the next three, four seasons. Get as many of those top 20 picks as you can. Yep. And you got two extra draft picks coming the next two years in the first round. All right, are we ready to put a nail in the Barry Trotz conversation coffin for, for the time being? Yes. Until we find yeah. out they are planning an interview. <laughs> All right, let's do that, yeah. and then we're going to react to the draft lottery right. news on the other side here. But first, we want to remind everybody that the best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you're going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. You're also going to get, if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you're going to get a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our great web content, which we've been discussing later this week. Greg's going to have his Ice Hogs Wolves uh, preview coming up. You're not going to want to miss that on allchgo.com. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice, like the one I'm wearing here, from the CHGO Locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, 
and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA Same Game Parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can also boost your live Same Game Parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And remember, online sign-up is available now in Illinois. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4700 and the chgo blackhawks podcast is also brought to you by athletic greens and their ag1 formula designed to improve your gut health optimize your immune system and give you more natural energy in just one scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right and it's really good if you have different dietary restrictions or different lifestyle diets that you're following whether it's dairy free or keto or paleo whatever it is with AG1, you're good to go. It's easy to incorporate in your life, no matter how busy you might be. It's a small once a day habit with big benefits. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's all you got to do. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So yeah, right. we're we're through the 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 we're down to the top three now. Down to the top three in the in the pack. Coyotes, devils, and Canadians, of course, the draft is in Montreal. Uh, finally, it's supposed to have been there the last two years. They're finally going to yeah. do it in Montreal. Montreal getting the first round pick. Let the conspiracy, you know, if they get number one overall, <laughs> let the conspiracy theories start. Um, but how crazy is that that they go from the Stanley Cup final to one of the unreal top three picks? You know, they got the best odds for number one. If you just did it straight up, they'd have the yeah. number one pick. Well, it's funny. We talk about this, and, you know, um, Lawrence has the graphic that the Blackhawks lose the draft lottery, which is true, but it's actually not the worst situation in the world because had they gotten the first or nightmare scenario second pick in this draft, they wouldn't have a pick in next year's draft. Coyotes get number three. Much more loaded. Much more, you know, I would say a, a, a four or five pick next year is probably as valuable as the two pick is this year. Probably. There's so, three guys yeah. next year. Those top three guys are, no offense to Shane Wright, are all better than Shane Wright. Yeah, so chances are the Hawks are going to get a really good player next year. And look, had they gotten a number one overall and gotten Shane Wright, great. We'd all be very happy. We'd all be very pleased. But this is almost a better situation uh, for the Blackhawks yeah. when you look at what go. they're supposed to be next year and uh, you know, and what's going to be available. There it is. Let the conspiracy start. Montreal Canadiens, first overall pick, the Devils two um and then so the coyotes Dev- three so it goes canadians devils coyotes one two three huh yep wow so there you go montreal gets to have the very first pick in their home arena totally fixed hmm. they threw the season <laughs> it was a conspiracy interesting yeah well hey yeah. good shane wright start start booking those uh french lessons now hey i i'm all for draft rigging <laughs> 
Let's start next year. Let's the get Black that other Hawks, original six The Blackhawks are an original six team. Yep. The league's going to want their rebuild to go faster than it's supposed to. So, hey, if there is rigging happening, and this is just speculation. balls in the freezer right Air quotes. <laughs> I would like it them to rig it for the Blackhawks next season. I will not complain. Who's hosting the draft next year? Do we know? Oh, it's a good question. Who's hosting I that? do not know. I don't to think the it's internet. Been... To the Google machine. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they have a, a, a location for it yet. It yet. They, yeah. they don't they don't plan things too far ahead because obviously with yeah it's with been what hard happened to do with, that yeah what, with with what happened with Montreal having to push back the draft like two different times um, yeah I don't think they they're really planned that far ahead but what I mean this 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 is good for good for Montreal I mean that's you know how many times do you get to go from like you said the Stanley Cup final to the first overall pick in back to back years I mean. We, we all, I mean, we knew that that run last year was ridiculous and it was, you know, uh, it was the, the crazy divisions and, and all that stuff. But hey, I mean, they they had to deal with some injuries. They were without Shea Weber all year and he might be done completely. Um, and now you, now you get, a, you know, you get Shane Wright and you get something to, uh, to kind of kickstart their own rebuild. Or maybe you trade Shea Weber's contract to the Coyotes and the Coyotes get the number one overall pick. <laughs> then Shane Wright can go from the OHL to the NHL and actually play in a smaller arena. Play there it, you play, go. Play See? for fewer fans, yeah. Yeah, go from the OHL to the NHL and less people watch you. Uh, Nathan in the chat says, it feels like the Devils are always picking in the top five. You'd think they'd be good now. They're um, going to be good. They're going to be good. They've got some really nice players there. They've got Jack Hughes's. Man, if he could just stay on the ice, he's starting to look like the number one overall pick. Yeah. Dawson Mercer is a monster. And just a great hockey name. Dawson yes. Mercer, that's a great well, hockey that name. That kid is like, he's a pest. He could score goals. He's a fan favorite. He's the type of guy that you hate until he wears the jersey of your favorite team. Yeah. And then you go out and buy one. I mean, who's a better Dawson, him or uh, Dawson from Dawson's Creek? Him. Mercer. Yeah. Mercer I don't want to sure. wait. Yeah, I have a, I have a, there's a, there's a, there's a joke. I'll tell you off air. Uh, oh, you can't okay. do that. All okay. right. Well, you have to do it now. All right. It's not a dirty joke. I just, it's not a hockey joke. <laughs> What's okay. the, uh, Oh, nope, nope, stop. <laughs> well, no, we can't talk about anything that's not hockey. Well, well since we can't talk off. about who the Hawks are taking number one or number two, uh, we, okay. What's the, what's the zip code of Beverly Hills? 90210. Yeah. What's the zip code of Dawson's Creek? Uh, 80108. 90218. Oh, <laughs> that's the joke. Uh, that could work either way. I liked it. I was hoping it would go. be dirtier than that, honestly. Well, we got to wait for one of those late night post game shows. I'll bust out the, I'll <laughs> yeah. bust out the X rated material. After dark. Either that or right after a manscape read. You know what we should do, uh, Lawrence, for After Dark uh, podcast? Just have it like a scrambled screen. Yeah, like, so people are like, oh, I saw it. Yeah. There's Jay's face. Like yeah. we had to, used to have to do yeah. on the cable box. I think that was a nipple. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really good idea, and people are going to eat that up. Yeah. All the, only the, only the people of our, our age bracket would get that reference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, DM us, and we'll explain it to you, uh, youngsters, <laughs> you young YouTube yes. folks. Trying to illegally get the Spice Channel at 2 in the morning. Yeah. But uh, back to the devil's thing. It's a good reminder uh, about how development typically works. And we're really spoiled here in Chicago because a lot of Hawks fans who came and look every you you should not have been a Hawks fan in the 2000s. There is no reason to be. If you were like us, you're a sick individual and seek help, and it's fine. No shame in it. But you jumped on the bandwagon and you saw 
Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze were good right away. Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith had already developed into good players. Uh, then later on, you had Brandon Saad be good right away. Uh, you know, so you weren't there for the development process that happened. And for players to go straight from junior or to college and be star players immediately, that's the exception. That's not the rule. So, yeah, the Devils have been picking at the top of the draft. And eventually, if these guys develop the way they're expected to, the Devils are going to be a formidable team. Yeah, And it's just a matter of time and development and patience. Patience is another thing. And look, if Stan, if he who shall not be named had shown a lick of patience with Henry Okaharyu, with Tavo Teravainen, and on and on and on on the list, the Hawks would not ha- be in the situation they're in right now. It takes people time to develop. Maybe if Kirby Dock had played two or three years in Rockford instead of coming up to the NHL right away, he'd be more of a complete package and ready to contribute. But we we can only we can't look at the past. We have to start fresh, like Kyle Davidson's doing right now. And, you know, like you've said, Greg, they're not starting from ground zero. They're starting from underground. Yeah. And summer's about getting to ground zero. It's going to take some time. And the Devils are way more typical of a rebuild than what the Blackhawks were. And remember, the Hawks had a lot of that going on before a large a large portion of the fan base arrived. Well, yeah. You, they had the number one overall pick. Well, for, they started with the number three overall pick to get Jonathan Taves in 06. Right. Uh, we And they lucked out there with the Blues taking Eric Johnson and then the, the Penguins taking Jordan Stahl. Yeah. Uh, and then the following year, they had the number one overall pick to get Patrick Kane. So, you know, look at the Rangers. They're in the playoffs. Yes, they're underperforming right now. and But they had, in back-to-back years, the number two followed by the number one overall pick. And they've had four or five top ten picks in a four-year period. That gets your rebuild going yeah. when you hit on those guys. Obviously, when you take those guys and you draft a Jack Skilly number three overall, then you got a problem. Mm. That was a, oh, that was Jack a, Skilly. Yeah, that was uh, that was an, that was a thing. Um, or Cam Barker third overall. You yeah. know, mm. Skilly wasn't thir- third overall. I'm, I, he was seven, eight. I think he was I not know. good. I to the that. internet again. I know he was drafted immediately right before Anze Kopitar. So I tried to oh. block all Jack Skilly memories. It was, out of it my was head. Cam Barker was the number three. So that was another Blackhawks pick in the rebuild. So they had two number threes and a number one. You hit on Taves and Kane, and then you had the one draft year where it went what was it Ovechkin, Malkin, Cam Barker? Yeah. <laughs> Oof. That hurts. <laughs> Major uh, Jack Skilly was number seven overall. Seven, yeah. Fight the drop off. But yeah, another top ten pick. Uh, they had a lot of top 10 picks in a, in a long period of time. I know there's not a lot talk about that because there wasn't a lot of coverage of it then. Right. So now we've got the new, I don't even want to call them new fans anymore because they've been around for over a decade yeah, now. Right. So you've got this, I'll call them the golden era fans, the fans that came on when the Hawks got good and now they're sticking around. So now they get to, they get to I want to say, enjoy that rebuild. Rebuilds can be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And we're going to do our damnedest to make this one a lot of fun. Because what the hell else do we got to do? But there is some satisfaction seeing a guy picked on draft day and having all that hope and, and in you. Like, like, this kid is the guy. And then you see him struggle a little bit, maybe in, in, in the minors. And he gets to the NHL, and it's kind of like, Oh, I don't know. But then all of a sudden it clicks. Yep, it clicks. And he becomes yep. that star. And then you get to see that guy that you've been watching since he was 18 years old and hoping he's going to be the guy. You get to see that guy at 26 lift that Stanley Cup. Damn, that feels good as a fan. That's the investment a fan makes. 
And that's where we are right now. It's time to make that investment over these next two, three seasons of these kids that get drafted and we get to watch develop. Duncan Keith is such a good example of a guy who played two years in Norfolk, two full seasons in Norfolk. And then even when he arrived in the NHL, was very far from a complete player. There were nights where you would look at, you know, the fans next to you and say, this guy can't play. Drunken Keith was his nickname for a while. And and Brent Seabrook, very similar. But it takes time and it takes patience. And I I was, uh, if you didn't see, I was a guest on Lawrence Holmes's House of L podcast. And I sort of reflected on the dynasty there. And it's, and, and I'm telling you, rebuilds are fun. It's the night to night part of it. The losing every night sucks. But as you see the young players develop and take turns and get better and better and better, just think about how enjoyable it was to watch Alex Vlasic and Alec Regula at the end of the year, especially Vlasic, who Derek King flat out said, yeah, he can't play. And in the course of, you know, two or three weeks, he became a top pair defenseman. Now, is he a top pair defenseman as his career goes on? Probably not, right? But you saw a guy who went from not even being able to play coach's decision right not ready to being one of the more dependable defensemen towards the end of the year that's one guy and that happened over like two weeks yeah imagine what the kind of satisfaction you get watching progression over two three seasons and just imagine this let's imagine next year starts new head coach comes in implements a system um and all of a sudden and who knows if this will happen or not kirby doc it clicks for him and kirby doc puts up like a 50 60 point season which is not out of the realm of possibility How exciting is that from the highs and lows of that great playoff he had against Edmonton and against Vegas? He was one of the best Hawks on the ice in both of those series and then then just wasn't able to find that again. If he's able to find that even at, you know, once every three games next year and becomes a guy that you're like, this is the number two center right now, potential number one center down the road, and you see that potential in him, how good is that going to feel as a Hawks fan? You know, and it just goes on and on with all these guys. And look, you're still, even if that happens, the Hawks are going to be bad enough next season to probably get a top five pick, hopefully a top three pick, hopefully the number one pick. (laughs) That would be wonderful. That would be great. Frozen ping pong balls. Let's go. here's Here's my hashtag for next season. Along with hop on the ride. Yes. Uh, My hashtag for next season is embrace the suck. Like it's okay to be really bad next that year. That won't go. That that won't get uh, turned turned around on on social media at all, will it? <laughs> all right, all right. Well, well, all right. We'll rephrase that. We're going it, back to our scrambled <laughs> post games again. Well, hey, you know, you want it X rated? Damn it, you're getting X rated. All right, embrace hashtag embrace the pain. Yeah, embrace I like that. The embrace the pain is good because uh, t- it, what the idea is you're going to go through some pain to get a hell of a lot of pleasure on the other side of it. Yeah. See, I like that. Get like a ball I'm, gag? I'm, what? No, we shouldn't do that. Uh, got a comment in the chat from Riley. He says, I watched Doc's whole junior career. He had the size and reach advantage over his peers. In the NHL, his lack of muscle mass wipes that advantage out. Yes, he definitely has to get bigger. He definitely has to get stronger. And I'm confident that he will. Uh, remember what his off seasons have been like. He's been recovering from injury uh, or got injured in camp. Like He's not really had many normal off seasons to just work on getting bigger and stronger. And uh, who knows if he could have come back at the end of this year, but he didn't. Um, And I think it's just a good thing for Kirby to just kind of reset mentally, reset physically, come into camp in top shape. And look, from all we know about Kirby Doc, the kid, 
he's a hard worker. He's not a problem. It's not a it's not a matter of work ethic for him. I think his biggest issue is upstairs. Yeah, he's his right? own worst enemy. And also adjusting from like Riley said, you go from playing in junior, you are the biggest guy in the ice by a vast majority. You've got every advantage over the player, so it's almost like the scene in Spaceballs where he's holding him off by the head, right? Uh, you know, and he's just wailing away. Kirby Doc was able to do that. Now he's in the NHL, and he's he's still tall, but he doesn't have a size advantage most nights, and he has to learn how to adapt his game. And getting a coach in here that can beat that into his head, and not in a you know hard ass way by any means, but just to give him a clear message of expectation, a clear path of development. That's why I'm so encouraged by what Kyle Davidson has put together so far, what we think is coming. Um, it seems like he's got a clear plan in every element of the organization and hopefully coming up with a great development program for Kirby Doc in terms of strength, fitness. You know, Paul Goodman's been on this job forever and has done a really good job, and I don't think there's anything that tells me he couldn't do the same thing with Kirby Doc. Yeah, he, yeah. go ahead, Mario. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, you, you look at, at even adding strength. I mean, he, he missed so much time with the wrist injury too. So it's just like, you know, there's only so much you can do, uh, to try and, 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 you know, be, be able to grow into, you know, an NHL body. And if you're not able to, to lift, if you're not able to, you know, he had a, he had a concussion issue going into his, into his rookie season. That, that kept him probably off of the, the, the training schedule that he thought he was going to have broke his wrist going into the, going into two seasons ago. And then this year, you know, it was, it was a, a lot of the, the mental game that kind of taxed on him. So it's just like the, the, the seasons that he's had hasn't, haven't been, you know, crisp whatsoever. And, and I think, you know, going into this off season, hopefully, you know, the, the ability to kind of take some time away from the game, uh, have a little bit of a extended off season to where he's going to be healthy enough to to you know get into a training program that benefits him at the NHL level. I think that's I think that's the the biggest benefit for him. And if he if you can add a little bit of strength, you hope that you're not sacrificing any bit of mobility because obviously that's something that Kyle Davidson wants to to focus on uh, for 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 young players and and for players that he wants to bring in. You want to have a uh, enough compete and enough speed to to handle the 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 speed of the game as it is now, and we saw that with with Jonathan Taze uh, during a portion of his career where you know he felt that he had to f- the way he played had to he had to be physically bigger and stronger, and then ended up sacrificing some of the the speed to his game, and it showed. And then he he had to change it up again to so he could be faster again to to keep up with the speed of the game. So I, I don't have any worries that Doc's gonna be slow but you also don't want him to just pump on 20 pounds of muscle and then all of a sudden now he's just he's just a beefcake out there so you you got to have the right balance and i i think like 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 we talked about all season um the 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 mental side of things i think was his biggest hurdle and i I think hopefully going into this offseason um you know we'll see what what his what his next contract looks like too i mean he that could be a a motivator as well to kind of prove that you know he can be a top player in the, in the NHL or, you know, a top six regular player, top six center, whatever it needs to be for the Blackhawks that he can do that. And if, if he needs to be, you know, financially motivated as well, then so be it. Sure. That motivates a lot of people. It will be a <laughs> very, myself included. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, it'll be a very busy summer in the Blackhawks 
collective weight rooms, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that f- that fit under this category. I mean, Alex Vlasic is one of those guys. Yep. Uh, that was even mentioned by Kyle Davidson why they didn't send him to Rockford for these playoffs. Right. Um, because they wanted him. He had a, he had uh, didn't have a full season of working out last year because of an injury. He had some uh, surgery. So they want him to have that full season of an NHL workout regimen, an NHL training program. Kirby Doc could use that. Lucas Reichel's a guy that yeah, could use that. Definitely. Uh, he's got at least three more playoff games here with the Ice Hogs. Um, and if you're interested in that, tomorrow's going to be a great show. We yes. Got, we're going to have uh, more double bubbles here tomorrow. I mean, possibly Mario might be joining us in the studio. We don't know yet. But regardless, we're going to have two guests tomorrow. We're going to cover, we're going to spend the whole show tomorrow previewing that huge Rockford Ice Hogs Chicago Wolves playoff series. Uh, we're going to have former Blackhawk player and uh, color guy, current Wolves color analyst Billy Gardner on the show to give us his view of the Ice Hogs Wolves from his perspective. And then second half of the show, we're bringing back our guy Joey Z to talk about the Ice Hogs. Joey Zekshevsky. Boom. See, just, I'm practicing. Just close your eyes when he's on the screen and you got it. Joey Zekshevsky. I think it's the Joseph. That See, that's what throws me off. It's the extra S Joseph's, because you got to go PH to Z. <laughs> Joseph Zekshevsky. Now, did that feel like too slow and unnatural? Yes. Okay, see, so if I do it that way on the show tomorrow, he's going to be like, you're you're trying to say it right. Drop to Joseph. Call him Joe. <laughs> Joey Zekshevsky. There you go. There, I got it. Got it. All right. Done. I mean, he Lawrence, did. record me saying that, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll I will tomorrow, you it. fire it, and I will lip sync it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he did say he did prefer Joseph. He said, but I, I don't care. I, I gotta say it right. Okay. I think I, I think you prefer his last name right more than the Joe or Joseph. I completely yeah. butchered it when we had him on, and Greg can tell you I was practicing and practicing and practicing before the show, <laughs> and as soon as I'm like, we'd like to welcome Joseph Jacob. And it just fell to crap. And I, mean, I honestly, seriously, from a guy whose last name is I know, Zawoski, and it's having me. Hey, Zawalski. Hey, Zawarski. Yeah. No. Zawaski. My name is very easy. Sure. Z A. That's what that's what Joseph Zawaski says. S K I Ski. It cannot be easier. But the way you spell Joey Z's last name, Z A K R Z E W S K I. Isn't there an E in there? Zekshevsky. It's easy. Just learn it. Real easy. Um, back to Kirby Doc, by the way, Mario. You mentioned his um, you know, you don't want him to lose speed. Um that's a that's a good point, and and you mentioned Taves, and, and and that was certainly something that happened when he bulked up. What I see from Doc is he loses effectiveness in traffic. Like how many times have we seen him take the puck from center ice over the blue line, beautiful stick handle, but as soon as the defense converges, it's wiped out. Right, he turns the puck over, he loses it, he gets hip checked. He is the new uh, Marcus Kruger that gets annihilated once a game by a defenseman. Um, so I think adding some size will help him navigate those more trafficable areas. I know it's not a word, but I just made it a word, trafficable. Um, I, I think that I, I don't want to see him like he doesn't need to be, you know, the rock. Right. But I want to see him get b- big enough where he can navigate and fight through some of the tougher checking defensemen in the league. Yeah. And, and I think that's that kind of comes with, you know, that's what he used to do in junior and a, a favorite saying of of Derek King is with developing developing young players, you got to get the junior out of them. You got to get the you know get the 
those tendencies that they could get away with at those lower levels, they can't do at the NHL or they, or they're not able to do them right away because they're they're the speed of the game and the physicality of the game uh, surpasses them. So, yeah, I, th- I think, and the, and the thing is too, we, we all expect these, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds that need to bulk up. We expect them to put on 15 pounds of muscle in one summer and come, you know, come into the next season and just be a tank ready to go. Like, that's just not how people's bodies physically work in a natural setting. So when you're, when you're that young, you're not physically developed until probably 20, 21, 22, when you actually get to the size that you're probably going to be, or that you're going to be comfortable playing at, at, at the level. Like you mentioned Duncan Keith earlier, um, or not earlier, but I was listening to your, uh, your house of L appearance earlier. You mentioned on there about how Duncan Keith was like small like he was he was like yeah, what's like six foot like 160 or something when he was drafted he wasn't the the like physical uh duncan keith that he was as the blackhawks got into their their cup runs and their dynasty era period um so it takes some time for people just in general to physically mature into their into their bodies so you know doc being 18 19 20 and being tall and you know six foot four 200 pounds but it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, he's 200 pounds. He's a, he's a you know solid, beefy guy and can throw around his weight. That's just not the case. Same thing with Alex Vlasic. He's super tall, but he's like 210. So he's, you know, his height makes him stringy. He needs to kind of, you know, fill out and, and be uh, physically mature for the NHL game. And that, that takes time. You can't just, you can't just be, you know, 18, 19 years old and be a bruiser right away. Not everybody is, is, is built that way. And Lucas Reichel's never going to be physically full, you know, as 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 has a stature. He's a guy that I, I look at uh, like Table Teravinen. Like Table Teravinen is still very like small and stringy, but he's super effective. Yeah. You just have to find the way to to physically navigate the NHL game. And I think for guys that are undersized, it's it's how to it's how do you navigate the game knowing that you can't just go and do whatever you want. You look at a guy like Alex DeBrinket, he's figured it out. And I, I think that Patrick Kane, Patrick exactly. Kane hasn't taken a hard hit his entire career. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, being able to be, being able to be shifty and, and, you know, be aware of where you are on the ice where, you know, and, and have that, that vision and, and ability to avoid the big hits. I mean, that's, that comes with, you know, comes with time, comes with experience. So there's a lot of things that, that I think we expect physically to happen for some of these players and it's easy for us to you know sit in our <laughs> sit in our comfy chairs and say yeah just put on 10 pounds and just just do it over the summer it's 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 not that it's usually not that simple I and i think it. i think you can't <laughs> well just i mean you don't have, you don't have to play for a week you have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, say you need to put some weight hang out at the chio studios there's always candy and yeah. very heavy beers in the fridge you get 10 pounds yeah. on you and i think i've days. lost i think i've lost 10 pounds during the show though it is, <laughs> it is the ac is broken mario it is yeah, it's got to be the it's got to be the functional 10 pounds to, to put on not yeah, just the you, you know oh. not just well, the that, enjoyable that 10 pounds. <laughs> you miss you miss it we had the uh the maintenance guy was in the he was in the vents like uh, john mcclain and die hard <laughs> trying to fix the ac but he's got to figure it out so it should be better tomorrow anyway appreciate the efforts uh, yeah hey we are really thrilled with uh, how chgo has gone since we launched in early march and one way to help us continue to grow is to download that points bet app and when you do make sure you use that code chgo when you sign up not only will you get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars 
But if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you're going to receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now, register from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up at the fastest sportsbook, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. January is correcting me, I believe, on my own last name, um, that the W in Zawaski should be a V. That's correct. It is Zawadzki is the Polish way to say it. But when my uh, family came to Ellis Island, they're like, what was that? Zawaski, Z-A-W-A-S-K-I. There's your name. Um, You guys know Chris Ranji. Yes. Just followed me on Twitter today. So, R O N G E Y, Chris Ranji's ancestors came from France. Ranger is how they spelled their last name, R A N G E R. So, when they went to Ellis Island, Ranger. they said Ranger. 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 R O N G E Y. And that is now their name. So, there you go. So, I am Zavudski. If you want, if you want to get formal. <laughs> we are doing all kinds of, of, of great history. Is, you know, this is because you're wearing an Expos hat. That's why we're talking all, all this French. There we go. Yeah. I know. It's I just my shirt. HBO Rosetta Stone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's show uh, with Billy Gardner. I have never spoken to Billy Gardner in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so I'm a little bit starstruck. Like, you talk about a constant voice in my life as I was growing up and, and maturing as a Hawks fan. It's Billy Gardner, man. I, I'm really looking forward to talking to him. He's been with the Wolves for, it's got to be 15, 20, almost 20 years now. I got to figure out when he started with the Wolves. but Pretty much immediately after whenever he ended with the, with the Hawks. Yeah. He pretty much jumped I got to right put a timeline on that. But um, it's going to be really great to talk to him. And this is like the best case scenario for Chicago fans who want to watch the Ice Hogs. They're going to get to see, if you don't want to make a trip to Rockford, you can make a trip to Rosemont and go see a game. The Wolves are perpetually one of the best teams in the uh, AHL, um, and it's going to be a great series. And I know, Greg, you've got a preview coming. Is there anything we should know? Uh, Want to give us a little teaser, a little preview? Uh, Another fun aspect of this is at least the home games, maybe the road games too, are going to be on Channel 50 locally now. Yeah. So you'll be able to see those first couple games Thursday night and Saturday are at the All-State Sunday at uh, the BMO Harris in Rockford. Uh, If there's a game four, that will be next Tuesday, a week from today in Rockford, then Thursday back for a game five if necessary. It's a best of five series. It's going to be an interesting series. The Ice Hogs were one of the few teams that actually had a lot of success against the Wolves. I believe they won nine of the 12 regular season games. Granted, I believe three of them were via the shootout, which is not part of the uh, AHL postseason format. So uh, the Wolves are are top to bottom the best team in the AHL. They've got so much depth. They play well. Uh, head coach Ryan Wersofsky has them going well. I had them. I was at Wolves practice this morning. Talk to him. You know, he's a little, little weary that they've got the the buy. He didn't think the buy was a reward, so to speak, because he didn't want to go twelve ga- days between regular season and the postseason. No coach does, but they're a difficult team to play against. They are physical. They will come out and they will they will they will punch the wolves in the mouth. 
maybe f- literally, but f- you know, metaphorically. <laughs> and it's be up to the Wolves to find a way to punch, or the Ice Hogs to punch back. But the Ice Hogs have been that team all season, and it's been the way they've played against the Wolves all season, where the Wolves will out shoot them, fifty-two to seventeen, and somehow the Ice Hogs win three to two. That's been the story of the Ice Hogs season. They are a team that will probably get outplayed for 40 of the 60 minutes of a hockey game. But in those 20 minutes, they get it together, and they, they never quit. They're, they're resilient. A lot of it has to do with the coaching of Anders Soros. And so they will be – you will probably hear a lot of um, – you know, you'll probably see the Wolves dictate play for a lot of those games, but the Ice Hogs will find a way to get that, that greasy goal and change the momentum. So it would be fun. It's going to be fun. The All-State Arena will probably be packed, especially that Saturday night game. You'll have a lot of Hawks fans there rooting for the Ice Hogs. Uh, it's a big rivalry. It doesn't matter who's on the teams. They don't like each other. Um, there may be some some arguments slash fights in the stands. You never know. Oh, let's hope so. So uh, <laughs> get those ca- Get those camera phones out. Let's see some flabby men slapping each other. Yeah. World it'll star. Be, yeah, it'll be it'll be good. Let's let's reenact an NFL game and get a fight in the stands. All right, so yeah. that's tomorrow. Uh Billy Gardner at 1.30. Joey Zakshevsky. Yes. At two. Full on Wolves Ice Hawks preview. So don't miss that. Join us. Uh, we will be there at 1.30 p.m. starting with Billy Gardner right out of the gate. Before we wrap up, want to remind everybody, become a member. Join CHGO. Go to allchgo.com to sign up. Get yourself a membership. It's awesome. You get access to all of our podcasts and live shows, of course. We've got every Chicago team fired. Blackhawks, Bulls, Bears, Cubs, Sox, Fire, Sky, Red Stars. Is that it? More to That's come. It now. I'm yeah. sure I'm sure more more is on the horizon. And, so make and sure our you best daily that. show and the CHGO Chicago podcast. Yeah. We got all kinds of. Oh yeah, the stuff. CHGO Sports Show, which I was on last week, which was a lot of fun. We got our post game shows, of course, and our premium written content, which is just fantastic. All chgo.com. You got the dope merch, like I'm wearing my uh, CHGO Bulls shirt today, or my CHGO shirt yesterday. Uh, so you get a free one when you become a member and access to our members only Discord. We'll be picking up the activity in that as the off season goes on. So we're gonna wrap things up for now. So for my partners, Greg Boyson. And Mario Tirabasi, thanks to Lawrence, our producer. We appreciate all you do for us. We'll talk to you on Wednesday, 1.30, on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.